What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Adriana Santos on the episode today, and I probably completely butchered her name because she is Spanish, and I just can't (laughs) pronounce it completely right. Um, But Adriana, I'm so excited to have you. We've been talking on Instagram for like since April, so a long time, and we've really connected, so it's awesome to hear your voice live. It's so fun. So Adriana, I'm just going to throw it at you and just start wherever you'd like with your story. Oh, thank you, Shelly. And you pronounced it very good. Adriana, yes. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. And yes, as Shelly is saying, since April, I contacted her because that's when I lost my baby. And well, for me, it seems like it has only been yesterday, you know, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So I think when I contact uh, Shelly, I wasn't ready to share my story, but now I was like, hey, I think I'm ready. Uh, which is so cool yes yes I wanted to give me time to heal like to heal whatever I can in my heart and in my mind and I want this to be I don't want it to be a sad story I want it to be more like love story and all the gifts that Sophia left us you know so I needed time to get to this point (laughs) but of course I have my Kleenex here next to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so um where should I start like Um, Well, most people start with their relationship or like when you guys started trying, if you were trying, I'm not sure, like just kind of Uh around that time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we have been married for three years now. We were two years and a half when I was like, you know what, Um, we should get start trying because most of the people, they like take a long time to conceive and what if that is our case? So and I'm 35, Nick is 38, so I was like, we're not that young, so let's start. But honestly, we were super happy, like, just the two of us, but because of age, we were like, okay, let's start. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I went to my doctor, and they checked all my hormones and ovulation and stuff, and everything was okay. So he told me, like, it's going to take you about six months, so try six months, and if not, you come. And I was like, oh, okay. So we, that December, we went to Europe and we spent there Christmas and New Year's and everything. We spent there like almost two months. <laughs> it was beautiful. And so we start like not trying there, just like not um, using not, any. Not trying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But I wasn't tracking anything, ovulation or anything. And so first shot, we were, we were pregnant. I didn't even know. Uh, we actually went in, we were in Paris when that happened, but like three weeks after I was start feeling like nauseous and uh, DC and I was like, hey baby, I'm not feeling right. And he's like, maybe it's all the wine that we have had <laughs> and all the late nights. And I was like, yeah, probably that. And then uh, he was going to come back to the US before me. And so I was like, you know what, let me make a test because what if I'm pregnant and I tell her, him, 
like on the phone. I don't want that. So, but I was like, no, I don't think so. So as soon as I pee, like pregnant and oh my God, I was super in shock. I was like, what? Like it, this was supposed to take like six months, like right now. Like I was honestly like in shock. And well, then I told him and he was super happy, super excited. We told my brother because we were staying at his house in London. We told him and my sister-in-law, they were super happy. And then we started calling like all the family members. And the beautiful thing now that we don't have our baby is that we recorded all of them, like when we told them. So we, yeah. So we have those little videos there and it is so, I was watching it today, of course. And it's so beautiful to see their reaction of their happiness when they heard the news <laughs> yeah and yeah so well then I stayed in in London uh, for a little bit while longer and first time we saw the baby here in the U.S. it was when I was eight weeks five days um, and it was already moving and everything heartbeat and so yeah everything looked perfect and then um, I had bleeding when I was 11 weeks I think and obviously I was super scared because this was our first pregnancy and everything. And we got to the ER and they said that the baby was okay, that everything looked fine, that I had anemia, but that everything was okay. Just take iron and stuff. Uh, and I came back home and then uh, we went again to the OB when I was 12 weeks and he suggested to do the NIPT test you know, to know everything about the baby and that everything was coming okay. Um, and at that point, Nick and me, we were like, uh, should we do it? Like, no, this is just going to bring us anxiety and like our baby's going to be fine. Like nothing will happen. And you know, like you never think that something can happen. Mm -hmm. um, but the doctor said like, take your time, think, and then let me know. And so we came back home and we were talking about it and, and we decided to do it because we were like, well, better be safe and everything will come back as normal so and also we can know the sex of the baby so we can throw this gender reveal party so we decided to do it and it was basically they just like grown blood out of you it's super easy uh and they told us like in two weeks approximately they will call us and so everything was normal until then we prepared the gender reveal party like my families were buying well they actually bought uh, plane tickets and everything to come here. We live in San Diego. Um, and so three days before the gender reveal party, our OB called us and he told us like, hey, uh, we have your results and it seems like your baby has uh, Down syndrome. And oh my God, like, even now. <laughs> and that was like, like a bomb to my heart, you know, like, like mm -hmm. what? Like, that's not what you're expecting to hear and i remember my first reaction was like okay what should i do uh, what can i do Where, like just tell me and he was like okay you're gonna call to a genetic counselor you're gonna talk to them they're going to explain to you everything that you need to know all the possibilities and i was like i before that i was start reading about the nipt test and i read that some of the percentages there were like, uh, not that they were wrong, but sometimes you can get a positive and then they do like this um, amniocentesis and it is, the baby is healthy or something. So I was so hoping for that to be my case. Um, and so we went to the genetic counselor 
And of course, she needed to tell us all the scenarios, like if you want to have this baby, if you don't want to have this baby, if anything. And even, even being there is like super sad because you're like, why am I here talking about if I want to have my baby or I don't want to have my baby? You know, like mm-hmm. it's so so hard. Um, so I asked about what what was the percentage in that result. And she told us 87.3 of possibilities that the baby had Downs. And for me, Shelly, I remember that as a mom, I was like, oh my God, I saw the light. Like there is a 12% possibility that my baby is okay, you know? And Nick, on the contrary, he was like, this is like a very high percentage. Like he felt super sad. And so we decided to go ahead and schedule the apneosynthesis. I'm sorry. Uh, but they told me like the first appointment that we have is in five weeks <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, five weeks. Like that's no- a long wait. Yes. Yes. And obviously my head was my head, my heart, like everything was, I don't know. And my mom came here that same day that we heard the news, my mother-in-law also, they were here, but all this time I was, of course, like all the family were asking like, you know, whatever decision you take, we're going to love you and we're going to love this baby and we love you guys and blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I was just like, there's not a possibility. Like my baby's going to be okay. It's going to be perfect. I was just picturing like delivering my baby healthy, crying, hugging him or her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for this, uh, when the OB called me, I asked him like, hey, uh, can we go and pick up the envelope with the gender so we can throw this gender reveal party this weekend and he was like I really suggest you don't do it like don't do it and so I felt like okay I felt that he was protecting me but also like I don't know like all your hopes and your dreams and all the excitement that you feel for this new baby is like like in pause you know Mm -hmm. so so well yeah um, all this time I was thinking positive, staying positive, sending like light to my baby, talking to him or her. Uh, by then, um, the baby was already starting to kick in me. So I was like feeling the baby. And I was, I feel that was very hard for me because as a mom, you're expecting that moment. Like, oh, I want to feel it, you know? And when when the baby started kicking, I was like telling him like, please, please don't do it. Like, like. I'm going through this and I'm loving you each day more and more and more. And, and I don't know what's going to happen, you know? So that I feel that was the only time that I felt guilty of thinking that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, then at the end, they could find me a, a sooner spot for, for the amniocentesis. Um, and I went to the OB's office. I was feeling all pregnancy. I was feeling very, very bad, very sick, very nauseous. I lost a lot of weight. Um, and I was having a, a sharp pain on my back during the entire pregnancy. And the day before I went to the OB for any questions about the amniocentesis, I remember we were walking at the beach, Nick, my mom and me, and I just felt really like, I don't know, like, like all that pain in my back, it went away and I just felt peace in my heart and in my soul. And I don't know, I just felt like if really, I don't know, God or an angel or something was hugging me. 
-hmm. and in that moment I felt like oh my god like my baby is gone you know like I could feel something so I didn't say anything I started having cramps but I didn't say anything and the day after we had the OB appointment so he was explaining to us the procedure for the amniocentesis and all of that and I just asked like can I hear my my baby's heartbeat and he was like yeah yeah of course so he put me the first like little ultrasound that they put on your belly that is only sound and he couldn't listen anything but that happened every time so I was like okay this is normal and then he brought like a little one with a camera and our baby in every ultrasound she was super moving and everything so in this little one I just saw her like in a bowl and I felt in that moment I was like oh, like she's not here you know and and he couldn't find the heartbeat and he told me like oh baby I think you just had a miscarriage and I remember Nick was super sad he started crying and I also started crying but I in that moment what I thought was like the silence that we were never able to hear because we're so busy in life at that moment, I, f I heard it like super loud and clear, even, even with echo, you know, like there was just silence. And, and I felt that, I don't know, that this baby loved us so much that she, she took the decision, you know, so just to, to leave, I don't know. And um, I was feeling so, so sad. And they moved us to the, like the big ultrasound room. Um, and they were like trying to find a heartbeat and moving her and everything, but nothing. And I didn't know until that day that uh, babies, when they, when they died in your womb, they release like this type of liquid and they cover their head and their spine. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's even like a, like a, I don't know, fairy dust or something. And the doctor told me like, yeah, Idri, like, I'm sorry, your baby has passed away like you can see that I don't know what's the scientific term and he explained mm -hmm. to me that that was it and it looks like really like if something is covering in them like beautiful and I just feel really bad that that moment I didn't ask like for the last picture of my baby when I like everything happened so fast that when you leave that room I was like oh I didn't ask for a picture you know but but well, then the doctor told me that he was suggesting for me to have a DNC because at that point I was almost 18 weeks. So uh, he told me that DNC was the best for me and I, I just trust him. He has been a very, very good person and doctor with us. So we just trusted him. And he told me that it was going to be the day after, which I think it was good because I couldn't imagine having the baby inside of me longer and all this sadness, you know, and so um, they prepare me. Um, I don't know. I have heard different procedures for DNCs, but for me, he prepared me by the, at that very moment that day, uh, he introduced into my vagina, like, I don't know, some tools and stuff and cotton balls. And he just told me that that was going for, for my, for me to have like more, how do you say like open like to be dilated oh dilated yeah yeah dilated sorry and he also told me that I was going to have contractions that that was normal that uh, and if I needed to 
go to the bathroom and those things came out of me that don't be scared that everything was okay um, I'm happy nothing came out yeah. and so I couldn't sleep that night obviously Nick couldn't sleep and uh, I was just like it's very hard to know that that is your last night with your baby and that the day after you're going to no longer be pregnant so it's like a lot to take in and I was still like I don't know like thinking many stuff and so the day after when I was getting ready to go to the hospital I think that is when it hit me I was like crying so much like why am I getting ready to go to the hospital where my baby was supposed to be born and to give it away you know like so, but well, I went to the hospital. Everybody was super, super nice. All the nurses that were with me, all of them, I don't know if it was what, but all of them told me like, I also lost the baby and I understand you. And like, it was four nurses and the four of them lost the baby. So, oh, wow. That's yeah. so helpful. Yes, yes. All of them were super nice with me. And so, uh, well, the, the, DNC was supposed to last like 20 minutes. It lasted 45 minutes because I, with, because of my anemia, I lost a lot of blood, but they were able to control it. Uh, and at the end, I just remember that the first thing that I saw when I opened my eyes was my OB holding my hand and like just being there with me and giving me like care, you know, and I opened my eyes and he told me like everything went perfect. And I, I send your baby to be analyzed so we can know if she or, or well he didn't tell me that sex if the baby really had downs and I was like oh thank you so much and I appreciate it because I really wanted to know you know like it's it's your baby mm-hmm. <laughs> so so well after that it took me two weeks to go back to the OB and he told me everything was perfect with the surgery which I was very happy and by then I think we were ready to know what was the sex of the baby because I kept telling Nick like this baby already was someone like since before we got pregnant we always said if it's a girl it's Sophia and if it's a boy Sebastian so that baby already was someone and and I I needed to know and I needed to like have that connection with my baby and for me to be able to talk about this baby now and with the babies are coming and my family, friends, everybody. So he agreed. And we asked the doctor, like, what was it? And he told me it was a girl. And oh my God, (laughs) that like my heart felt like, I don't know, because I always thought she was a girl. And it's, it's like your little doll, like your friend forever, you know, and there's nothing more sweet than a a baby girl you know yeah but also like I have heard like girls we are very strong and that if any baby can survive like it's more the girls than the boys you know so I was like well she must really be like feeling sick because if she couldn't make it you know when she was a girl and she was almost five months like I that's what I thought and and the doctor confirmed to us that the baby had down syndrome so I think I was like living in two different losses. Like one, the loss of knowing that my baby wasn't coming completely healthy. Mm-hmm. And the other one, knowing that she wasn't here and that she will ever be here, you know? 
So I don't know. I took it like in two separate things. And for me, I'm a, I'm a wedding planner. <laughs> so I'm very, very organized and detailed and everything needs to be perfect and controlling. So I think that this was the first time in my life that I couldn't control anything, anything, anything. And, and in a part that brought me peace and I haven't felt guilty at all. I haven't felt that my body failed me or anything because I understood that it was a condition that my baby had mm-hmm. and, and that there was nothing that I did or, or didn't do, you know, or actually the, for you to know, because this is something that I didn't know, like the genetic counselor explained to us that Down syndrome, it happens as soon as the sperm touches the egg, there is a bad partition, you know? So it is at that very moment, almost like when you're doing it, that, that the extra chromosome comes. So yes, yes. And, and it is like, you know, I, I think like Sophia just needed to come like that because after we lost her, we decided to, to make us whatever test we needed to, to have done for our future babies, all the genetic things, everything, everything. And we are perfect in everything. And that, that is very good for our next babies. But also I was like, then, then why, you know, like, we yeah, perfect. Um, but I guess that is how she needed to come you know? Um, I'm sorry. I'm talking, talking, talking. I don't know. No, I think that's so, you have shared this like so beautifully. And I, one question that I have for you is, um, because I know you weren't really ready to share when we first started talking Mm -hmm. back in April. Um, but now obviously you're here and wanting to share, what have you kind of done in that in-between time to get yourself to this point? Yeah, yeah, that's very important. So uh, I, as soon as we heard the news about Sophia uh, having Down syndrome, I started writing. I started writing a lot. Um, I wanted to to start a blog. I wanted to start a podcast. Like I wanted to do everything. You know, I, I wanted to dedicate my life to to help women. And because I thought, like, oh my God, there's a lot of women out there that they they cannot even read or or they don't even know what is happening to their bodies, or they don't have the attention that I had, the medical attention, and I want to help all these women, you know? So I started writing, and we went to therapy. That is something that I think it really helped us, Tanika and me. Honestly, since since the day that we heard that that the baby had Down syndrome, uh, so that was the first call from the OB, the results with the NIPT, we promised Mm -hmm. ourselves that we were going to talk about everything everything like no matter how mean the thought was or how bad person it make, made us look like we needed to talk because uh what was coming was a very very big uh, thing you know and we needed to be in the same channel if not that it was going to affect our relationship because sometimes you do something thinking that that is what the other want you know and maybe it wasn't and so we decided to do that and so then after we lost Sophia um, we started going to therapy together and it, it was amazing. It was with, with this sweet lady and she also had a miscarriage. She's like in her 60s. She's a British lady. She's super sweet, like out of a story. <laughs> and she, um, she helped us a lot. Uh, most of all, recognizing 
what we were feeling and that for example it didn't happen to me but for nick he was getting very angry with whatever and he was like uh like i don't know in a bad mood and she helped him to recognize that he was mm -hmm. mad because of that you know like it was his grief that was making him be that angry um and and she helped us a lot. We went there like once a week, like for four weeks, I think. And then she told us like, you know what? You can continue coming because you can always talk about the baby and there's something that we can heal, you know? But I think that you're ready to be on your own. And whenever you need me, like just call me back. And she has been so sweet. Even yesterday, she texted me to know how we were feeling. And oh, yes, yes, she's very sweet. Tomorrow I'm going to see her because she just wants to see me and see how I'm feeling so she's very sweet um yeah so that and so I wrote we went to therapy and I think that helped me a lot was to allow allow just to feel however I felt um even our families they both have been great but um all my family is super like entrepreneur and and you can do this and strong and we are like I don't know like this like okay you fell down move on and whatever is next and you know so my family has been very supportive but also like ready for me to like like i guess to to move on you know or something yeah. but not because they don't give the importance to sophia but because they feel that that maybe i'm i'm stuck you know yeah but, um, i keep telling them like you know what this was my baby like i will always always talk about her and i will take whatever time i need to and it is not that i i'm not shower or i'm not going to work or you know like i'm doing yeah. life, but i don't i just need this and this is my way of honoring her and a thing that i also started noticing shelly was that with all these podcasts and blogs and videos that i watch that were a lot <laughs> uh, a lot of women they don't talk about this and I start like wondering like why they don't they don't talk about this like this is a subject that happens a lot and society they don't know how to take it you know mm -hmm. because uh, as soon as you tell them like oh I lost a baby they like change the subject or they don't look to you in the eye or something yeah. like, it becomes like, very awkward for people yeah yes yes and of course they tell you things that you're like please don't say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so I started to to dig more and and I wanted to to share my story so people see it as normal and they can recognize my baby like I don't know if you watch uh, the cartoon Coco from Pixar movie oh yeah yeah you know how they talk about like these souls that if you don't remember them or you don't talk about them like they just get lost so mm -hmm. i think that is the same with our babies like they don't have a voice they only have mommy and daddy to talk about them you know so if we don't talk about them they, they get lost oh um, my gosh i love that <laughs> i've yes. never thought about it that way i love that yes yes and for me like sophia actually she she i've been starting to get a lot of anxiety because she was supposed to be here very soon mm -hmm. and i guess like i've been starting to feel it you know and but for me i feel that the day that i always want to celebrate is not her due date is like the day that i heard about her you know or the day that we found we were pregnant because that day there she was you know 
is mm-hmm. that day was her birthday like there she was and so that's something and so what I did Shelly um I published on my Facebook and on my Instagram so um so what happened with Sophia because everybody knew that we were pregnant because we announced it when we were like 12 weeks and then right after that all of this happened and so people kept like congratulating me and texting me and I already had my DNC, you know, but I wasn't ready to talk about it because I didn't want it to talk about and be like a sad story and people like, oh, poor poor girl, you know, like, no, I want it to be like a love story because that's that's what I think of my baby. She, she gave us so much love and she came with a lot of presents and I wanted to have the time to, to share this, that this is, yes, it is a very, very sad story, but it is a very loving story like I don't think that any of us are the same after going through these um actually I was asking Nick yesterday like hey baby I would like you to to think of what are the presents that Sophia gave you so I can share that in the podcast and I want to say the good thing of this and not the bad and today he told me like two hours ago, he was like, I know what, what Sophia gave me. She gave me like a lot more like deeply respect and, and like, I don't know how, like to, to embrace love, like more hard, you know, and to, to see the importance of family and my loved ones. And I just love life like deeper and I just love my baby deeper and I love you as my wife deeper. And so I think that is, that is beautiful. What he yeah, told me. that's so cute. Yes. Now, with you sharing where, like sharing on your Facebook and your Instagram, where can the listeners find you if they want to keep up? Oh yeah, of course. So uh, my Facebook is Adriana Santos Bruton. I can type it to you, Shelly. Awesome. So you, can, <laughs> so you can share it. And also my Instagram, I will share it with you is Flamenca pa siempre. I'm a flamenco dancer as well, so I'm very passionate. And <laughs> so yeah, I can share it with you so they can see it. And I've been wanting to post a little bit more about miscarriage and like, as I said, what to say, what not to say, um, and all of that, you know, and to talk about Sophia. So when I posted these, uh, every day I kept asking Sophie, like, hey, do you think this is a good day for me to share? And I don't know. I didn't feel it that day and the day after. And one day I was like, Sophie, is this a good day for me to share? And I felt that she said yes, you know. So in that moment I started like typing whatever I wanted to share and I shared. And the response was so beautiful. Nobody told me those things that we hate to hear. That yeah. I have another one or at least you know that you can or you know like things like that or, or I don't know so everybody was super super supportive and giving a lot of love and the most important thing everybody was recognizing my daughter that is what I wanted like for people to to see her and to know her and if I say Sophia they know who am I talking about you know mm-hmm. yeah. um and and a lot of women like I don't know I have this group of like 18 women or 20 something that they contacted me or they wrote there like you know what this happened to me and I never shared with anybody until you post this and you put it in a such a beautiful way that it made me wanted to talk about it or to tell my my daughter or my daughter or my son about this you know and I was like wow like this is beautiful and 
and people that lost their baby 30 years ago or 20 years ago. And I was just imagine like how that was back then, you know, right now we have all this support and all this uh, medical attention. And back then, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And now you're sharing even more and you're going to get more of those messages, which is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm ready. I, I think I'm like you, like, uh, if I could, I could, I could spend all my day doing this. And but I also was like, okay, you have a job, you need to continue yeah. working. And and <laughs> yeah, but then I was like, ah, if I would have Sophia, she would need my time and my attention. Then this would be my baby. I I can give time and attention to this baby. You know, like yeah, social media. Um, well, I love your story so much, and I just want to say thank you for jumping on and being so open enough to share it. And ladies, go reach out to Adriana because she is incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shelly. Yes, please contact me with whatever you want. And and I just want to say uh, at last that there is help for everybody. Like we just need to, you know, say, hey, I need you. And there's always people like willing to, to help you in organizations and groups. So yes, we're not alone. For sure. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.